hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we are releasing an episode every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to and tap in there. You could also go to YouTube. Um, For years now, all the video content has been on YouTube. For a little while, it was just audio, but there's hundreds of hours of interviews, teachings, um, revelation, wisdom um, for you to receive from on YouTube. So so you could go ahead and subscribe. You could like, you can comment on YouTube, as well as subscribe to this channel so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, they could be challenged, they could be awakened by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so before I invite my guest and uh, bring him here on the show. Um, If you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, at the beginning of this year, my wife and I planted a church called Awaken Dallas. We fully launched on a Resurrection Sunday. It was such an honor and joy to begin this ministry on Good Friday, taking communion, breaking bread, worshiping Jesus because he is worthy. He is the only one worthy to break open the seals. He is the only one worthy of worship, honor, and glory. And then on Sunday, um, so many miraculous things took place. People's hearts were touched, awakened, restored on Resurrection Sunday. And so if you are in the area, our passion is to know Jesus deeply and to live for him passionately. We want to ignite hearts in first love passion and to equip people to bring his love and power to the world around them. Our four pillars are the presence of God. We love his presence. This is why we were born to walk with him, to commune with him, to hear his voice and to manifest his power in the earth. Number two, the equipping of the saints. We want to be equipped for our callings in the word of God, have a firm foundation in our lives, be set free, learn who we are, sharpen the tools and the giftings that God has given us. Number three, we are a body on mission together. We have a calling. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We we burn for the nations. We want to see Jesus impact our community, but not only our community, but the nations of the world. And number four, we are a spiritual family. We love family. We, we love children, raising up children in their calling, seeing kids, youth encounter the presence of God. But also it's so important to have a tribe, to have a family that you run with, that you grow in. And so if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you're having a hard time plugging into somewhere that people have the same heart, same mind, they're hungry after the Lord, want to walk in the fullness that Jesus paid for in their lives, come check us out and spend time with us at Awaken Dallas. Um, anyway, I've got an incredible guest on the show with me today. It's a Apostle Ryan Lestrange. His ministry is a blessing, touching thousands of lives around the world. Ryan Lestrange is an apostolic and prophetic leader in the body of Christ. He travels extensively all over America and the nations, laboring to see global awakening. He's the founder and apostolic leader of an international network of ministries known as Tribe Network. He is also the senior leader of iHub Movement, through which he plants and oversees a network of governing churches, apostolic and revival hubs. He is also active in the business arena with Lestrange Global, which is a digital media company producing a variety of Christian media products, including ebooks, e-learning events, e-courses, and he has authored numerous books. I can only name a few here, but Supernatural Access, Overcoming Spiritual Attacks, Hell's Toxic Trio, Revival Hubs, Rising, which I recently read, and many others. And so, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. 
<laughs> it's awesome, man. I think I had you on a few years ago when we were doing the Facebook Live format and uh, bumped into you in Minnesota last year with the International Young Prophets. And I'm always gleaning from your ministry. And I love the revelation that you release. And I believe you're truly making an impact in the world and imparting into the body. And so always an honor. Thank you. Well, I love what you're doing. I, I love I love having conversations like this. I think people see us preaching, writing, doing what we do, but sometimes in a conversation, there's another yeah. uh, another layer that we're able to peel away. So I'm glad to do this. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And so I know you travel a lot. Um, you're very active in the harvest field. You're always traveling, pouring in the churches, online, just always just releasing fresh revelation of what the Lord's sharing with you. But as you travel around the world, pouring into the body, what are some things that you really sense the Lord is doing in this time, in this hour, some amazing things that you really feel like the Lord's on? Well, I think the, the the Lord is raising up a Nehemiah generation. One of the things that we have become good at sometimes in a negative sense with the our prophetic nature and tendency is we can identify something that is lacking or something mm. that is missing, yep. but we have to have equal competence in bringing an apostolic resolution to it. I believe as uh, sent people, we are people that are solutionists. And I am seeing a tremendous generation, uh, young and old, every tribe and every tongue that is being activated to awaken and build. So I see that as something that's happening in a very prolific way. I also see a tremendous awareness and hunger for the supernatural, whether yeah. we see it um, we see it in the marketplace with people that are seeing miracles in the marketplace. We see it in the prophetic. Uh, people are getting uh, words from the Lord. Uh, we see people going to prophetic gatherings and meetings, desiring prophetic ministry. Mm -hmm. We see yeah. a great wave there. And we're also seeing it in the area of deliverance. You know, yes. there's tremendous emphasis on deliverance uh, with controversy to boot as well. <laughs> so, uh, but what I, yeah, but what I take away from all of it is that. There's a builder's anointing that's being released, which is, of course, critical for the harvest. Mm -hmm. And there's a real restoration of hunger for the supernatural that we don't just want to hear about these things, but we actually want to experience these things. Mm -hmm. Well, we were hardwired by the hand of God to experience his presence, to experience the supernatural, to walk with him intimately in that way, to hear from him, to see visions, to dream dreams, to, to get insight into the future. And so I do see that as well. There's a hunger arising in the people of God where they're saying to themselves, I need to, if this is, you know, you know, the pastor saying it, you know, leaders in the body of Christ are saying it, but I need to experience this for themselves. And just this, like, I'm sick of the shallow waters. I don't want to just be ankle deep. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be knee deep. I don't want to be waist deep, but I want to be immersed in the fullness of what God has for me. And, you know, th this world will not satisfy. I think in the past few years, just with what we've experienced with the pandemic and with COVID and everything that, you know, the economic kind of shakings and different things taking place, you know, people have come to a place of recognition of their need for God and they've run to him and laid their hearts down at the altar and said, God, I need you help me. And then in that place, he has deposited a hunger in them. Like you're not living in the fullness of what I have for you. There's so much more child of God. And it's really just, you know, a lot of the, you know, the tears are kind of being sifted out as like the, the pure is arising in the bride. There's a purity taking place in the body of Christ right now. Um, which yeah, is a beautiful absolutely. thing. I think on an individual level and a corporate level, and and I think it's part of the hour that we're living in, that there is a real hunger for God. 
people that don't even know they're hungry for God. They just know their life is not working. They know that their situation seems hopeless and they're turning towards God. And so the challenge for us as leaders is to uh, posture ourselves and position ourselves mm-hmm. in humility to say, God, I'm available, whatever that looks like. And I think oftentimes what God activates you for looks different than what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And that's the sensitivity that we must have. So I'm very excited by what I see as I travel. Uh, we were talking before we went live as well in recording that there's a lot of miracles happening too. You know, I, I've yeah. been in ministry probably around three decades if you really want to start where I first first started as a teenager. And I always saw miracles, but I I see no uh, waning in the miracle working power of God. I see God working very strong in people's lives uh, in every way you could think of. So I'm, I'm encouraged by what I see. Obviously, I'm like you, probably shocked by things that I see happening in culture and in media and in entertainment. Mm-hmm. But I also understand the spiritual motivation behind a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I tend to focus a lot more on the Nehemiah side of it. What what yeah. is my role in being a part of the answer instead of just camping out on the problem? Yeah, absolutely. And just one more thing before we transition. I just really feel like the Lord has been testing hearts the past few years. Mm. Like he's raising up pioneers. He's raising up people that are, he's raising up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. He's raising up individuals with these callings and anointings on their life to go into the business world, to bring in finance to the church, to the kingdom of God. But in that, there is a testing that takes place in our hearts. And there's a purity and a cleansing and a refinement that the Lord does in our hearts in times of challenge, in times where we're confused. Um, you know, when you know there's a there's a test to having little and trusting God, like God, you're going to provide. And there's a test to having much when God brings increase into our lives. What are we going to do with the finance that God does bring into our lives? And I've seen it in my life as well as many others in the body going through challenging circumstances. It's like God is doing such a, a purifying work, and He's testing our hearts so that we know what's on the inside of us, so that we could step into what he has for us in obedience so that we could truly carry the weight of what he wants to pour out in whatever sphere he's calling us to to pioneer. And so um, I think that's really important. So if someone's going through a challenge right now or you feel the weight of what's taking place in your life and you have questions, but you also just feel this weighty calling that God is drawing you into something, just lean into that. Just yield, just surrender to the Lord because you're being prepared for something mighty because he's aligning people right now um, very strategically for his harvest. Yeah, I like that point about testing and, and I would interject this. When I was struggling in a sense of I've got a calling, but there's not a lot of doors opening. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was struggling that I didn't have a lot of revenue to steward, Mm -hmm. it was easy to be obedient to God. We preach very well on the struggle. You know, we we can we can give you a sermon about the wilderness. We can give you a sermon about being tested with rejection and all of these sorts of things where I think we fail. And it's perhaps because for a lot of people, this is not their experience, but we fail in really addressing the tests that come with promotion. Mm-hmm. When I began wow. to have so many opportunities to speak at events that I could not fulfill all of them, now the test becomes, how do I choose them? What's the indicator? How do I recognize that I need the same reliance on the Lord when there's an abundance of opportunity that I had when there was no opportunity. And then finances. Jesus said, where your treasures, there will your heart be also. It's really easy to be pure financially when you don't have anything, when you're just struggling and believing God to pay the light bills. When you all of a sudden have an abundance of resources, 
and now you're stewarding so much more and have the potential to gain even more, you have to be very intentional about preserving your heart. And I think you need mentorship and people in your life who have already sort of gone through that process. I remember, you know, for me, I would go through this situation where I would preach about something and I would get in the car afterwards, whatever. And I would just go into this black hole of questioning, like, I didn't do well enough. I didn't articulate it well enough. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have said that. And I really carried that and just thought, you know, this is just the enemy and I'm struggling and I don't know how to handle this. I'm I'm not saying this wasn't years ago. I'm saying this has even been recent. Mm -hmm. And then I heard a very prolific preacher, best-selling author, person who has platform 100 times larger than what I've got. Mm -hmm. They were sharing that they go through the same thing and they Mm -hmm. made the point. They said, sometimes it's the enemy. And the enemy is trying to bring discouragement, but then sometimes it's actually me introspectively sorting it out and saying, well, I could have done better over here, over there. The fact that they spoke from a place of what I would deem as success and were vulnerable and transparent, Mm -hmm. it helped me to say, okay, this is a part of this journey. So that's the benefit that I think sometimes when somebody has already went in that place, Mm -hmm. uh, they can help you to pass that test you're referring to. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, and this is interesting. We're just, we're just going to go with the flow here because we were, but you know, even just being in the business world for several years while still doing ministry, going from my wife and I didn't know where the next, we had, we had no clue if we were traveling and ministering, if we we're going to get a hundred dollars and our bills would be paid, right. or if we'd get a larger donation that might help us, you know, and for years, you know, God would ask us to give a thousand dollars and all we had was a thousand dollars. And there's a test in that because mm-hmm. where's, where's the money going to come from? But then stepping into the business world and having God bless that. And then not only just, you know, um, experiencing prosperity, but the, but abundance in, in a sense where, Hey, if I step into this deeper, more money can come. There's a very strong spirit of mammon that we must grapple with. And I've found in my life, there's a test to having little to nothing. And there's a test to having much, and it's harder to write out bigger checks when bigger amount of money's coming in. And then how much do we like it? You know what I mean? Can, can our hands still be loose? And so we need to be in that place of surrender and he needs to be our everything. Jesus is enough. He is our all in all. But if we're not careful, it's like, it's just a little bit of poison that comes in little by little. And we don't realize it as children of God, because we say, my heart's pure. I love the Lord. I'm ministering in the kingdom. I'm doing all these different things, but you're beginning to love it and like it too much. And then down the road, it's a slow fade. And then it becomes a big problem. And we need to minister to people in this way because God is wanting to trust us with resource, trust his people in this way. And he's testing people with little to see if he can give us much and then when we have much he is he's saying okay well that's just that's just another layer and so we do need to be teaching about this because God is preparing us for a great harvest that's going to require missionaries and organizations to be funded is going to require you know resource to come in so yeah you know when you when when you are granted access well, Ecclesiastes says money answers all things. Now please don't don't write me emails, whatever. I'm not stating that money is the answer to your spiritual condition or problem. We know that money is worthless when it comes to spiritual condition problems. But in an earthly term, if I'm saying the Delta ticket counter and my flight is canceled and I'm trying to figure out I've got to get from point A to point B, if I have enough currency, I could just walk over to another counter and buy a new ticket. Yeah. But if I don't, that particular problem is not answered that way. So the issue becomes with money and with any level of success, if that's a best-selling book, if that's a business that's in demand, if that's if that's a preacher that all of a sudden has thousands of opportunities, with all of those things, 
there there comes access people mm-hmm. now uh have greater respect and esteem for you they want your time they want you to participate in certain things so your own heart is very very tested because you have to decide now do i go here do i go there it's not a situation where because suddenly you're no longer in the struggle all of your obedience problems goes away actually you have new sets of problems <laughs> That's right. but yeah here's yeah. the thing if we look at someone like david David was in the wilderness and he was faithful to God. He took his wilderness and made it a library. So when David is in the palace, though he does mess up many, many times, it's sort of the same purity of devotion that draws David back. And he goes back to devotion. And we have to understand this. I I have a, a person in my apostolic network that went from obscurity to global notoriety Mm -hmm. in a very positive way, but there've been very uh, challenging attributes of it as well. So they were sharing with me stories of being with a a musician, an artist, a musical artist, that if I said the name, everyone would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they were around a Christian, but they were actually being invited into that space to minister to them. However, when there were some media reports that they had been seen with this person, there was a huge amount of controversy. And so Mm -hmm. the conversation we were having was, how the Lord allowed success to be a part of their journey to put them in spaces with people that you and I would never get access to, that these people are basically drawn to them because of their artistry. But with that responsibility, there comes all kinds of opportunities, decisions, and pitfalls. Mm -hmm. So again, we, as we receive promotion, there are steps and missteps that are going to be critical. And Jesus is looking for the same level of obedience when we have a little bit or when we have a lot, whether that's influence, whether that's revelation or whether that's finances. So it's part of our progression and our journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we, we probably went into this because there's people, this, this needs to be spoken about more. And there's mm-hmm. people that are listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube and they really needed to hear that. I've just, I've, I've, I see it every single day with the business that I'm involved in, um, where people are, um, I've seen money change people, <laughs> not not in a good way either, mm-hmm. that were once fully dedicated and devoted to the Lord. But at the same sure. time, I've also seen people stay totally pure and love the Lord regardless of how much money they had and been an outrageous giver, used money in the right way. And so it's not about how much you have. It's not about... You know, I know for years and years it was poverty was a spiritual blessing. We don't believe that at all. And we also don't say, hey, if you're not rich, then God isn't blessing you or whatever the situation is, you know, with the word of faith and the prosperity and all of that. It's not about the money. It's about our heart. And so I've seen it in two different ways. I've seen money change people for the worse, but I've also seen money just be a resource. And I've just, you know, if we have the reality that, hey, listen, we're not an owner. We're just a steward of what God gives us. And he's our everything. This doesn't change us. Then we could be a channel that God really flows through in a powerful way. And so, um, yeah. And so I'm glad we I'm glad we went into this and flowed into this because I feel like this is a, there's a major need in the body in this way. But we also talked about in your travels how you've seen just kind of pivoting a little bit here when it comes sure. to when it comes to the charismatic movement. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and saved dramatically in my room, encountering the Father's love, hearing the voice of God. Life became very, very supernatural after that, seeing visions, dreaming dreams. We believe in the supernatural. We love the supernatural. And I'm so glad that churches around the world are really just being baptized in the Holy Spirit. People are being activated in spiritual giftings. There's a hunger for the supernatural, like you mentioned earlier in the beginning of this podcast. 
people want to see deliverance take place. People are hungry to receive prophetic words, give prophetic words, be activated and equipped. But at the same time, you've you've seen a need for biblical doctrine and a hunger yeah. for the word of God within these charismatic movements. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, thank you for the pivot there. I think it's a needed <laughs> one. So yeah. so yeah, let let me go quickly into my background and then I'll kind of bring you up to speed and the audience on on the question that you're posing. I was I was born into a Catholic family, so half of my family was no Jesus, no church, no anything. That would be my dad's side. And then my mom's side was Catholic. So mm-hmm. when I got saved, it was a very radical conversion. And like you, I experienced a lot of supernatural things up front. Mm-hmm. I was going to churches that were very big on teaching and teaching the Bible. Uh, so I did have a value system for that. Yeah. But my own heart, because of the experiences I had growing up, which were a lot of dark and scary type of experiences that happened to me, my own heart was immediately drawn into the supernatural side of Jesus. I was mm-hmm. just so enamored with the old healing generals and prophetic generals. And I seem to always be kind of in that mix of people. So that, that was my norm. And then, you know, coming into ministry and having lots and lots of experiences, whether it be prophetic visions, experiencing miracles and uh, times I was preaching and ministering uh, that even stoked the fire for the supernatural much more in me. But I began to notice that a lot of people that are very proficient or hungry for the supernatural sometimes can diminish the emphasis on preaching and or teaching. And let me distinguish how I'm referencing that. Preaching to me would be proclamation. I think we most distinguish preaching by tone and tonality. Mm. And certainly there's a cadence and there's a rhythm to preaching that's different than teaching. I do think it's possible to almost teach in that same tonality and cadence where you're loud and you've got a certain cadence, but the weight of what you're saying is actually doctrinal. It's foundational. And then teaching is more explanation. So I have noticed throughout the years that there seems to be a large group of charismatic people, mostly, um, if I was to to say, uh, you know, I put a title on it, that they, like me, are really drawn to the supernatural. But sometimes there's a deficit in preaching and teaching. And so the danger of that becomes that, number one, we sort of build our churches on experiential things mm-hmm. that we become very susceptible to shallow Christianity. It's just that our shallowness is not on a one-hour service and coffee and a donut and leave. Our shallowness is more on, well, I didn't feel the Holy Spirit today, you know, so I'm going to change churches and go somewhere else. Or I didn't get a prophetic word, so Jesus wasn't at that meeting. When in fact, there's so much more to God's counsel and wisdom for us. And I really believe that there's a demand uh, uh, happening right now for people that do heal the sick and cast out demons and prophesy to be able to, at a high level, intellectually communicate the word of God in a way that is very foundational. And the truth is there are large segments of the body of Christ that will never have certain charismatic ministers come and speak for them because those ministers don't really know like the art of taking a text and expounding on that for 35 or 45 minutes in a biblically sound way. So we have a problem, which is that we are a bit susceptible to some error and to become more shallow Christians in our own way. And then we have another problem, or no, let me say it this way, we have an opportunity. 
that we can reach large segments of the body of Christ and be very effective communicators of the gospel if we strengthen our value system for preaching and teaching. When we look at the ministry of someone like Paul, you had all of those things. You know, there were times Paul mm-hmm. proclaiming, there are times he's explaining. Uh, then always there's a move of the supernatural happening. And so mm-hmm. I think that this is something that's very needed. I think that when I look at uh, various moves in spirit-filled Christianity, not just charismatic Pentecostalism and spirit-filled Christianity, there are some really great, amazing things happening. Like there's a tremendous renewed emphasis on deliverance. Mm -hmm. There's a real strong hunger for the prophetic, but there's some warning signs to me. You know, there's some, some belief systems Christians are having, let's say about demons, that Christians are so afraid that they're going to be walking down the street and it even is just going to jump on them and inhabit them. And my concern is there's a lack of education yeah, to understand absolutely. their authority as a believer. So mm-hmm. these, these are the areas I think we can strengthen in. And I think our generation is kind of demanding it to be honest. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I talked to, um, theologian, uh, RT Kendall last year on my uh, podcast and mm. I loved how we, we just really dove into the marriage of the word and spirit and yeah. how, how vital it is because when we're just focusing on the Holy spirit, supernatural encounters, we're susceptible to deception and we just want the fuzzy feelings. And when we don't have the fuzzy feelings and what's going on, is God not with us or whatever, or, or like you said, just fear that, you know, of things that people shouldn't be scared of because they don't know their authority and what God has given them and the yeah. power of the word of God and who they are in Christ. And then at the same time, on the other side, if we're just focusing on the word, but we're rejecting the Holy Spirit, then that's a whole different problem. We have a bunch of heady people filled with pride that right. that don't flow and work with the Holy Spirit, which is ignorance as well. And I think that maybe some of this has come because as human beings, we love extremes. And so if we grew up in a church where it was all word, but yeah. very little Holy Spirit, and then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and life becomes supernatural, it's easy to kind of throw away the word of God and say, we don't need this as much because maybe we're hurt or a little burnt from growing up in an overly, you know what I mean, just a dry kind of um, church growing up with with very little movement of the Holy Spirit. And so, but I love that you brought up deliverance because what I found is you can cast a demon out of somebody or break a bondage off of somebody and those roots get pulled up out of somebody's heart. But then now we need to renew our minds. Now we need to be grounded yeah. in the truth because it's one thing to get delivered. It's another thing to now renew our mind and know who we are in Christ and, and speak the word and be grounded in the word of God so that we can see longevity in that deliverance, in our healing. And so, and so that thing can't come back in and try to deceive us and, and do it all over again. And so the word of God, I'm so grateful that I grew up in a word of faith church because we, man, Kenneth Hagin, I learned from, you know, Kenneth Hagin, the first book I read, small right. book, believers authority, just about on the importance of the word of God, believing the word, speaking the word, you know, <laughs> singing the word, obeying the word as a vital foundation for our lives. Yeah. You know, I got saved. I, as I said, I grew up, uh, Catholic and I got saved and that's where God sent me as well to Word of Faith Church and my mm. spiritual father and mentor for uh, my early days until he went on to be at the Lord, which was just a few years ago, was a man named Dr. Norval Hayes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Dr. Norval was very known for deliverance. Uh, I could tell you story after story after story of being in private deliverance sessions and meetings with him. So that was something that was very normal in my early Christian experience. Mm-hmm. But I must say that 
and there have always been different streams of deliverance. So I teach a lot on deliverance currently, and I try to tell people, look, there are different streams. You go like uh, the Win Worley and uh, Derek Prince stream. That's a, There's going to be a certain theological bend there. It'll be a bit different if you go like a Lester Sumrall, Norville Hayes stream, and probably I'm leaving out a ton of names of people, but just giving examples. So, so there's always going to be variation of thought there, but I do have concerns in that area, I, and I think that one of the things that you touched on is that deliverance must be comprehensive. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we're sort of outsourcing to an altar needs to be discipleship based. If you're going to come out of lust, for example, mm -hmm. common problem, nearly everybody's sure. faced some point in your life. Sure. If you're going to come out of that. There's a lot of doorways in your thought process that are going to have to be closed. Mm -hmm. And it's, in my opinion, it's a bit erroneous to say, you're just going to go to my meeting. And I'm going to cast that out of you and you're going to be fine. You're never going to have a problem again. Yeah. The other thing is, I think, and this has always been the case, is sometimes with situations like that, if it's happening in context of a special meeting or a conference, and then that person goes back to their church or their, you know, whatever they're involved in locally or regionally, and they don't have good teaching there, sometimes that actually creates a platform for more demonization because mm -hmm. you evicted this spirit. And it comes back and finds you swept clean and brings seven others stronger, which we know is a biblical principle. Yeah. So I 100% believe that Jesus is moving across the land and he is bringing awareness to the fact, look, you as believers have authority over demons and they should be cast out. What I think we've got to really now advocate is what you said. We've got to advocate good biblical doctrine, which is doctrine is a foundational belief system, mm -hmm. a good biblical doctrine in this area so that we can maintain strength. It is yes. not the will of God that your viewers or listeners think I could go to a restaurant and drink a drink that someone made for me that they have demons. And because they made the drink, now I'm going to be demonized to me. That is an underestimation of the authority God has given yes, to you. On. And in yes. my early years of deliverance, you know, we would have been, we would have gotten corrected from Dr. Hayes and those under him if we were acting like that. He would tell us, you have to know who you are, son, and build yourself up so that you resist the devil and you walk in freedom. And I just think that we can bring those pieces together with this uh, awareness that God, this awakening almost of deliverance is happening and we can strengthen it. And similar with the prophetic, you know, you and I both love the prophetic. Yeah. Uh, that's how... Uh, we met last year was at a prophetic conference, mm -hmm. but I've seen people teaching stuff like this recently that if you want to hear from God, you must go through a prophet. And I'm like, no, you know, I get where that comes from. It's, it's a mindset. It's a theological position that sort of safeguards the functionality of a prophetic vessel, but it's incorrect because Jesus at his death, the veil was torn, which means God and man now have communion if man is born again. Mm -hmm. So a prophet is that person who stewards the revelation voice of God, and they may share things with us that are shocking and surprising and overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. But if we are open to the Lord, the Lord is going to talk to us. Yeah, and so right. uh, I see a need for good doctrine in the prophetic as well, that we've got good belief systems. I know mm -hmm. There have been several prophetic 
upheavals over the last few years. And I've had friends reach out to me and say, how have your people done through this, whatever it was, this crisis? And I said, we're fine because we're teaching the full counsel of God. So we're not, you know, if if, if our favorite prophet goes out and really steps in and gets it wrong, that doesn't shake us because yeah. we understand that the Bible says be led by the spirit, not yeah. be led by prophecy. So mm-hmm. these are the reasons I think doctrine is important. Also, I'll just say this doctrine is foundational belief system. Jesus said, as the man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our life is really the sum total of what we believe. James said that faith without works is dead, which means belief initiates action. Mm -hmm. When I really believe something, I'm going to do something. So when we deal with our foundational belief systems, it changes the trajectory of our life. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as especially leaders in the body of Christ, we need to have a conviction to coach God's people, to train God's people, to equip God's people in the reality that the word of God is integral to our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for me, it's just, yes, you, you could be in a, a group of people that are hungry for the supernatural. And trust me, I've, I feel the burden myself planning a church and just traveling and doing ministry. But at the same time, we could coach people because there's there's people that come to a gathering because they want a prophetic word or they want to worship, but they're not so much. They don't want a word. And there's some people that come because they want a word. You know, they want to hear the Bible taught, but they're not so much about worship. So they come late to a service or a gathering because they don't want the worship right. side. They want the word yep. side. And so as pastors or as leaders or as teachers or as apostles, apostolic people that are pioneering and planting you you feel that pressure of different people's desires and all these different people in the room but i feel like if we teach and if we coach if we equip people properly by saying hey listen we need uh we need the spirit of god and these times of worship corporately to be united and to encounter him and we need the ministry of the holy spirit where we're praying for one another where the prophetic is released where deliverance takes place and we need the teaching and the ministry of the word of god so that we could be stabilized and we could walk in freedom and have longevity and deep roots and if we are if we are taking our rightful place as god's people are leaders in the body of christ i feel like people will be like yes it'll resonate with them but i feel like there's you know we just kind of have our services we do our thing but if we really teach and bring awareness of this, God's people, because they have the spirit of God inside them, there's going to be a yes in their spirit when they hear that from the pulpit. And then also another thing that I feel like there's a little bit of an imbalance in is, you know, we love when people come to our church or come to our, you know, revival nights and we come to, you know, our ministries um, and we love that they are tapping into our podcast and they're getting our resources, but are we teaching people to tap into God themselves? Are we teaching people to get into the word of God themselves that they can get revelation from the Lord themselves? And I feel like that's, I feel like that's really important because if they hear something that's not right behind the pulpit, they might get a check because they are digging into the word for themselves and being Bereans and studying, kind of filtering what they hear. And that could keep them away from deception as well. And so, um, anyway, just some thoughts there. Yeah. And I think we as equippers need to focus on that. I I try to tell people, look, if you hear me communicate something or teach something you don't agree with, go dig it out for yourself and pray about it. And even if even if you and I have a conversation about it and it's like, no, I'm still holding the line on that. That's my position. We Mm -hmm. can beautifully disagree. And that's that's the mystery and and wonder of Christ and his body is that Mm -hmm. we as people have different perspectives. You know, I've never been around a prophet that did not think that the most important thing in the earth was what the Lord was saying. Mm -hmm. I've never been around an apostle who did not think that the most important thing in the earth was what the Lord is building. I've never been around a teacher who didn't think the most important thing in the earth was what the Lord was teaching. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of it is we're going to have differences. We're going to have different perspectives. And the thing that I love, as you said, it can challenge us. And so my prayer is that there would be this generation of audacious builders that would be 
wildly supernatural, you know, that we would see normal reports of the dead being raised, that we would see uh, prophetic things happening where uh, accurate words of knowledge are flowing like a river, that we would see all deliverance, that uh, people that have been demonized for years are being instantly set free, that we would Mm -hmm. see that. But as you just stated, that we would also make disciples. And part of discipleship is your individual responsibility to understand and know God's will for your life, which begins and ends with the word of God. I can't know God's will for me individually if I don't know God's will for us corporately as revealed through the Bible. So I believe, again, we're talking more about an opportunity than a problem. And I think if we can equip with that mentality, we can raise really healthy believers because I think the most unhealthy thing in the world is to just live from experience to experience to experience. You know, those experiences are confirmation of the reality that you serve a supernatural God. Everything about Jesus is supernatural. The kingdom is supernatural. The word of God is supernatural. Your conversion and new birth was supernatural. So there's going to always be the evidence of the kingdom, which is supernatural. But the Bible is the foundation and it fundamentally shifts every facet of your life. So if we can get rooted there and spring up from there, we're going to be really healthy. And I think you said it earlier, extremes. I think that's probably if I was to say one prophetic warning, that would be at extremes. Mm -hmm. This is the big the big thing I'm seeing. And with the new and emerging social media platforms that keep shortening down uh, Mm -hmm. video clips and, and, you know, just everything is being compressed. The way you break through is by extremism. And so we are continuing to see the evolution Mm. of extremism. And the Mm. danger of that is you can't become a balanced believer living in extremism. Yeah. So I think that's our our tension, that's our opportunity, and that's our challenge. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read, while we're talking about the Word of God, I'm going to read a passage in Colossians chapter 2, um, and this is verse 8, and then I'm going to read verses 18 and 19. But this is the Apostle Paul, and he's saying, See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition and in accordance with the elementary principles of this world rather than in accordance with Christ. And then if you go on to verse 18, it says, Take care that no one keeps defrauding you of your prize by delighting in humility and the worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding firmly to the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. And I I love Colossians and um, Colossians chapter two just kind of rose up in my heart as we were talking because the Apostle Paul, he's not saying there's something wrong with, um, you know, visions or something wrong with dreams or something wrong with the supernatural. He's not saying that, you know, we, we shouldn't be aware of angelic activity. He's not saying any of that. He's just saying that we have put such an emphasis on this and we've lost sight of Christ. We've lost sight of Christ, the preeminence of Christ, who he is in our lives, who he is in the church, that he is the head and everything flows from him. And he's keeping them from deception, which is essentially what we're talking about. And I feel like um, there's a lie that people have in their minds about, you know, the word of God, studying the word of God, about theology in general, where it's just like, well, I don't want to be like one of those dusty theologians and those cemetery like seminaries. And I'm just going to read and get puffed up and prideful. And that's a thought process or a wavelength, something that we've agreed with, the vow that we've agreed with that I understand it's okay to have that caution that I don't want to get too heady. I always want my heart to be connected. I want to be open to the Holy Spirit and the supernatural. But at the same time, I 
I love reading the Word of God. I'm communing with the Lord in my spirit as I'm reading the Word of God. When I dive into a good theology book, I'm not... My, my sole purpose isn't to build up my mind and get all my theological ducks in a row and have tidy, neat doctrine in every way, and I'm just trying to, you know, logically make sense of everything. I'm communing with the Lord, and I'm feeling His presence as I'm diving into the Trinity and the Gospel and who I am in Christ. And and from there, yes, um, it's going from my heart to my head, and my doctrine is being established, but I just feel like someone listening to this that loves the Holy Spirit, loves the ministry of the Spirit, might be saying to themselves, they kind of resist studying the Word because they have that fear. And I want to break that off of people right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing I want to say about that is that God is the most brilliant thinker who's ever lived. To be He, he thought about and with intentionality created everything that we know and those things that are yet unknown to us. Yeah. So the, the one of the deceptions here is that somehow those pursuits that you mentioned, the pursuit of study, the pursuit of growing in the word of God, that that is somehow a, less, a lesser significant thing. No, it's mm-hmm. not because I believe wholeheartedly that this world is groaning for those that are like Daniel, that they are a rarity in a time of crisis, the easiest thing in the world is to point out the problem. And so we have a lot of prophetic people who spend all of their time announcing problems. And I'm not saying that there's not a role for that. We know one dimension of the prophetic is to shamar, which means to watch, to guard, and to warn. Mm-hmm. However, when we look at Daniel, Daniel had an excellent spirit. He was living in a time of conflict. He was living in a time of crisis, but he was a solutionist. We can see the same with Joseph. Joseph sold into a system, a demonic system, yet Joseph found esteem within that demonic system because there was something rare about him. And the unfortunate thing is when we're not thinkers and when we don't promote a prophetic theology that is thoughtful, that is excellent, that is filled with wisdom and solutions and strategies, we are uninvited from spaces and places where influence happens. And I believe the thing God wants to do, we touched on this in the beginning of this interview, and we're circling back to it now at the end. God wants to place kingdom people, kingdom citizens in positions of influence, whether that's in entertainment, whether that's in media, whether that's in the church, whether that's in the banking system, whether that's in government system. So what we're really stating here is when you get to know God in all of his facets, the brilliance of God, the character of God, the supernatural demonstration of God, you are now fully equipped to move in the highest level of expression of your destiny. Paul said he was going after the high call, which tells me that we can have a calling and we can arrive at a place where we are not fully expressing the totality of that calling. And I think there are a lot of potential Josephs out there that because they're not curious and studious, Mm -hmm. they have not yet arrived at the full potential of their calling. And so God is wanting to sharpen you. God is wanting to refine you. God is wanting to place you in unusual seats of influence, but it's going to take curiosity and a studious heart. And I really believe God is stirring up some people to prepare them for their assignment today. Yeah. And just as we end here, I just really feel like, you know, Jesus said that many in the end times, their hearts will grow cold or their love will will grow cold. And Jesus also says in Revelation that we must endure until the end. 
And there's a longevity that we need to have as believers. And then in Matthew chapter 7, at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about, hey, every single person, no one is exempt from having storms and tribulations and trials and temptations take place in their life. But he said the only one that will be left standing when those take place are those who have a foundation of the words of Christ. And so it's very important if we are going to be serving the Lord, being faithful to the end, and, you know, for, for the duration of our lives, just living in that place of serving him, living for him in a healthy way, that we must prioritize the word of God as well as the spirit of God. And so, Apostle Ryan, would you mind uh, praying for those people who are listening right now and whatever you feel led to pray and minister to people, that'd be great. Yes. So, Father, I just thank you for hunger. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, I'm releasing hunger. He said, hunger is the calling card of desperation. And the Lord says, as you arise in hunger, you're going to find me in new ways. You're going to find me in new spaces. And the Spirit of the Lord says, some of you have asked the question, why why am I frustrated in the space that I am? And the Lord says, because you've outgrown that space. And the Lord said, I'm expanding your understanding. I'm expanding your hunger. I'm enlarging you, says the Spirit of God. And I'm causing acceleration to be your portion. So, Father, I thank you for every author. Yes, Lord, I hear the Lord say there are scribal messages locked up in your spirits. I call them forth in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every entrepreneur, those people that are generational curse breakers, that they're going to be the first person that pays a college tuition off. They're going to be the first person that owns multiple pieces of property. I speak over your life and your business and your potential, and I commend it to arise in Jesus' name to the glory of God. I speak over every builder, over every pioneer that you would not be discouraged, that you would not be uh, give way to frustration that is a part of your process. I speak strength and stamina over you. And Lord, I'm asking you that you would make us curious that we would be a people of word and of spirit, that we would demonstrate the gospel with proficiency and power, but we would also operate in realms of intellect and brilliance, Father. Secure your people's minds, bodies, and spirits today. And we bless these listeners and viewers in the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. We received that. Thank you, Ryan, so much for spending time with me today on Awakened Podcast. I was encouraged. My heart was strengthened. And um, I love the work you're doing around the world, man. And so how could people connect more with your ministry, find out more about your books and, and all that you're doing? Sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sticking around the viewers and listeners. I'm on pretty much all social media platforms. So just look for my name. And then I have a couple of websites, but I'll give you the one that has the most resources and books. That's Lestrange, my last name, L-E-S-T-R-A-N-G-E, lestrangeglobal.com, lestrangeglobal.com. That is my media company website. And most all of my books are housed there. So go check it out. Follow me, find me, uh, drop me a DM and say, Hey, I listened you on the Waken podcast. I'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, come on. Well, thank you so much for those who are watching right now or listening to Awaken podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they could be strengthened, they could be challenged, they could be awakened by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing 
and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. TL.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on Amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.